Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day, welcome to the show. This is Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg, just here to make it better than yesterday since 2013. That's what we're here to do every single episode. Uh, my name's Osher. I'm a uh, podcaster, I'm a TV host, I'm an author, I'm a dad, I'm a stepdad, I'm a currently I'm a crew cut haver, though I'm not on a crew. I used to row though. That was called crew, I think. In a, oh, never mind. So I've got a haircut that doesn't belong to me, which is not uncommon for my career. <laughs> and uh, I'm grateful you can be here. It's uh, 2024. It's a new year. Shifting things around a little bit here at the pod on um, Mondays, it's you and me. On Wednesdays, I'm here with a guest. And on Fridays, uh, I'm going to get the news team in here because we're doing the Melbourne International Comedy Festival once again. And I really want to get the news team on air. I, I love having them. I love making the show. And it's uh, we've already filmed the pilot, as you know. So trying to develop the news vibe into a some kind of more podcast fun is something I'm here to do for 2024. So I hope you can be along with it. We have a mailing list that you can find in the show notes. Tickets go on sale for the comedy show on the 27th of January, but more detail about that in a minute. So yeah, Mondays, it's mostly me, which I used to be just here on Fridays, but still just me. And I was at the gym today and I was thinking about Kendrick Lamar. Because, uh, you know, a car drove by as I was unlocking my bicycle after the gym, I could hear that song and then just pretty much the, the next 20 minutes of what you're about to hear just flashed into my head. And then I raced home and I wrote it down. And so here we are. So when we want to remember something, it's difficult if we just try to remember something without an association. Our brain works by association. So if we want to remember something difficult, as advertisers figured out a long time ago, if we want to remember something kind of tricky that has a lot of different kind of data that we um, that might be unrelated, we put that data into a song and then we can recall it very, very easily. That's why we can remember the alphabet because we all learned a song about it. When G was in high school, she learned a song about the periodic table. Hydrogen and helium and lithium, but really, she, she learned 
a lot of it, if not all of it. I'm really impressed. It's also the reason that I can still remember a pizza delivery number from 1992, 368-188, but don't call it because I think that pizza shop has been closed for a long time. Now, as I mentioned, uh, the Pulitzer Prize-winning musician Kendrick Lamar is no stranger to this concept and uh, has made it easy for all of us to remember one of life's most vital lessons, be humble, sit down. Now, despite the weight and the power of this message, I still need to remind myself of it every damn day because I have an ego like anybody. Uh, It's a part of who we are. We have an ego. And staying humble and keeping my ego in a healthy space for me is a daily practice because for a large part of my life, my ego is not very healthy at all. What does an unhealthy ego look like? Well, the signs of an unhealthy ego they really read like a list of things that I did as a younger man and some of the things that I honestly I still struggle with today. Uh, for example, an unhealthy ego can lead you to be overly competitive. That was absolutely me. I could not stand someone else getting something that I wanted, that I, that I coveted. I would gnash my teeth when, say, for example, with work, if um, someone I knew got a hosting job for a show that I wanted to host, I would be just ooh, so competitive. Um, it got so bad that I had to stop playing pool at the pub when I went there with my friends because I realized that I turned into an absolute fucking loot prick when I started playing pool. And I was like, I fucking hate this person that plays pool at the pub. It's an awful man to be around. I don't want to. So my solution was to just not play pool anymore, which is a shame. I played again now, but I realized, oh, this is awful. I don't like this. So I stopped doing that altogether. Another thing that an unhealthy ego can lead to is um, having difficulty accepting criticism, which has always been rough for me. I'm only where I am and I only have the career that I have is because people who are way smarter than me have told me along the way, this is what you're doing that's good and this is what you're doing that's not good enough. Uh, Change this, do more of that, do less of that and it'll be better. And thankfully, I've been lucky enough to then listen to what they've told me and adjust in the direction they guide me and I have ended up in a place that I'd like to think is pretty good when it comes to someone who does my job. But I would be lying if I did not tell you that when I hear those notes or when I'm given that critique on my performance, I have a petulant version of me who cannot bear to be told what to do and I have them in a headlock with my other hand over their mouth trying as hard as I can to stop them from saying something. So yeah, I I take the feedback and I'm grateful for it because I want to be better at what I do. But inside me, there's this like, fuck, dude, shut up. It's it's a lot. Another thing that an unhealthy ego can lead you to having is a sense of superiority, which is something I absolutely discovered uh, I was walking around with as I went through the steps that I take to stay sober. It's about the fourth or fifth one. And um, it's a sense of being better than everybody else. And it was, as I discovered, it was something that had dominated my life. It was horrible. And it unfortunately led to and extended to things like not really considering the feelings of other people. Yeah, I know. It, it was what I knew at the time. Now I know better. I try to do better. Nowadays, I do my very best to remember and I have a deep feeling, I don't have to remember it, I have a deep feeling that I am not better than anybody else and nobody else is better than me. And I just remind myself of that if that old thing pops up every now and again, which it can. But for a while there, yeah. One of the worst bits of having an unhealthy ego is um, I actually, I needed external validation 
or approval to feel okay. I didn't have a, a sense of worth, a sense of self-worth inside of me to feel all right with anybody else telling me that I'd done a good job or something. And this led to some uh, very difficult relationships with colleagues and partners that, well, relationships that left a lot to be desired because they were constructed in a, in a kind of strange power dynamic and it was kind of icky. I've been told by other people who were in those working and intimate relationships with me, it was icky. It's not great to be around. Every now and then, that one, that one still pops up, especially when I'm stressed out. So I do have to keep on top of it. It's, it's super duper important, which then leads to dealing with failure because there was a time when failure would just destroy me and that failure would then prevent me from trying anything new because I had evidence that I fail. So therefore, why should I start anything? But thank goodness I learned how to get a hold of that one because I'm now able to feel the disappointment of a failure. And I think it's okay. It's important to feel that because you don't like that feeling. It makes you want to try harder and not fail. And that's all right. It's an okay fuel to use uh, in an you know, appropriate amounts. But also I'm very careful to take the time to learn what went on and take the time to appreciate the things that I learned from the failure because it's only a true failure if you don't learn anything. Um, an example of this would be and like a real personal one would be um, after I got divorced before I met Audrey, there was a netherworld of singledom and I was out at this art party. I was in Venice Beach and there was lots of art parties and I was out at this art party and I met a woman who was fascinating and we really hit it off. We talked all night. We made a date to see each other for dinner. We had a dinner. It was magnificent. After that first date, she never texted me again. Total ghost. I was disappointed. I really was. However, I was able to see it not as I'm worthless, but instead, you know what, that's really good intel. Um, okay, I, because I don't really want to be with or pursue someone who's not interested or wanting to be involved with me as much as I am with them. So thank you for that intelligence. Thanks for that information. And um, that reframe was actually pretty good because it got me back out the door, out amongst the, the world again and... Uh, led to me eventually meeting my wife, which is lovely. What's the healthy ego look like then? That's what it's like if it's unhealthy. Well, what is it? What am I working towards? Well, a healthy ego looks like measured self-confidence, you know, enough to go, come on, mate, you can do it, but nothing unrealistic. It looks like being able to hold really good boundaries, uh, which goes in tandem with a solid sense of self-worth that is generated from within. The ability to handle criticism and take criticism on board without your uh, sense of identity or something being fractured. And the power to not only set realistic goals, but to achieve them and then to enjoy the success of those goals in a healthy way. Because sometimes in my past, I had achieved really great things, but then because I had no sense of self-worth, I felt I didn't deserve it. Da -da 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 -da. So knowing where you're going is vital with anything that you do. Just yesterday, we, we drove home from our summer break. We drove from the Sunshine Coast to Sydney, straight shot, 1,000 Ks. Used to be like 1,300 Ks, but those bypasses are nuts. So 1,000 kilometers in the same direction, just pure heading south. So yes, we went in that direction because that's the direction we wanted to go. But importantly, along those 1,000 kilometers, there's probably about 5,000 minor adjustments to lane position and speed along the way. 
a little bit more left, a little bit more right, a little bit in front of that track, a little bit behind that high ace or whatever, just adjusting, adjusting, adjusting the whole way. We want to keep going in this direction, but ooh, not too far there. Ooh, not too far there. Oh, not too fast. Ooh, not too slow. Because achieving meaningful change, like cultivating a healthy ego, it's, it's not a quick fix because it's because it's based on so much life experience and so many patterns that are ingrained in our behaviours in, in vast ways. It's just constantly being aware of and trying to catch the old patterns and then adjusting yourself before you run you and your family off the road. <laughs> and to come back to the words of Kendrick Lamar, this is where humility comes in. David, who's the man that guides me on my journey of sobriety, is an incredibly wise person. He told me soon after, uh, well, I stopped drinking and then I got divorced. He, he told me soon after that, find humility before humility finds you. And let me tell you, I did not want to be found. After I got divorced, humility absolutely found me. It found me cowering under my coffee table in my one-bedroom rental apartment, dragged me out into the street in front of all my neighbours, me kicking and screaming the whole way, why is this happening to me? See, for me, humility is the key to unlocking all of this, all right? Because as soon as I feel that flood of, of rejection, because that's what it is, you know, if, if someone's offering a critique of my work or something I'm doing at work or something I've written or spoken or whatever, if someone's offering a critique, if I'm not doing great, then it, I'll instantly read that as a, you're rejecting me wholly, right? And all they're trying to do is send me a message to how can we make you and this whole project better? So I know I have to take a big breath in and just suck that feedback down like right into my lungs, like a humble pie flavored vape. And then by the time I've breezed back out, I'm on a path being better at the job that I've been hired for because I was probably already good enough. I was better than everybody else they were looking at, so they hired me, and now i am got a chance to be even better at it, which is not a bad result. This morning at the gym, I was talking about, I was at the gym before. After I got warmed up and everything, I, I got under the barbell, tried some squats. I was trying to squat the same amount that I had put on the bar a week and a bit ago before we went on holiday. Now, you may already know where this is going because I've had a week off training really. I, I wish I could say I learned the lesson easily, but unfortunately I actually had to hurt myself too many times trying to lift things that were too heavy for me to lift safely to know that I actually have to be really quite humble about what my body can do today. I might have been able to lift that yesterday, maybe not today. What can I do today? So <sighs> I swapped out the plates on the bar, put some lighter plates on the bar. I even did less reps in you know those squats that I had done last time, I think I was doing reps of eight, then reps of six. But I did my set safely with a you know the most range of motion that I could manage, with the humility that those sets, those reps, will signal my body to adapt. And soon enough, I'll be back where I was. Now, but I, I wouldn't want to be inauthentic with you, so I do have to point out that most of the things I've just been talking about are, are actually pretty simple, simple adjustments for me to make except for when it comes to my wife, Audrey. And I'm sure you can relate to this. We can deal with all kinds of shit at work, right? We can deal with stressful people in public and people behind a counter somewhere or, you know, whoever we're dealing with in that day, and we can be mostly okay. But for some reason, with our intimate partner that we go through life with, they get a different version. Like Audrey gets a different version of me. She gets a version of me that's more intimate and more vulnerable 
than anybody else gets. You know, I'm more intimate and I'm more vulnerable with her than anyone else on the planet. And for whatever reason, she also gets a version of me who really struggles to keep this unhealthy ego at bay sometimes. Not all the time, but it does, it shows up more than it does anywhere else. And that sucks because I know that I can operate without it. But I do have I do have hope because it is about progress. It's not about perfection. I learned how to play guitar. I learned how to snowboard. I learned how to snowboard backwards. I even learned how to roller skate. In fact, I'm learning how to roller skate again. That's another story. And I know enough to know that with practice, I can learn how to do this too. I know that once I catch myself, or once it's pointed out to me, sometimes it's not straight away, but I do as fast as I can. I try just do the same as what I was describing, describing before. Breathe, apologize if needed, be humble, sit down. And that's what I'm going to try to do. That's what I wanted to talk about today. Thanks for being a part of it. You want to find the mailing list, you can find the link in the show notes. The tickets go on sale for the new show. We're playing in Melbourne from the 27th of March. Tickets are on sale January 27th. Um, thanks to everyone who helped me make the show today. Thank you to Andy Ma, who did audio and video post. Uh, Abby Benno, who produced the show. Ben and Monica for keeping the lights on at OGTV. Toe Hider for the music. And you for being here. There you can find me if you want to get in touch with me. Just shoot me a DM. I'm back here on Wednesday. Uh, back here on Wednesday with my guest, Liz Ellis of gladiators, of netball, fame, of awesomeness. She's fantastic. Have a great day. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.